With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the second half of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. I thank you so much for your support. You can check us out on PayPal, uh, Saturdays with Joy Keys, and um, you can email me, Again, Saturdays with Joy Keys. That's very easy to remember. Saturdays with Joy Keys uh, at Hotmail.com. If you missed the show, you can check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Well, this morning I am speaking with, wow, this this she's like multi-talented. I say actress. I can't say actress just. I can't say just director. She's a writer, actress, director. Uh, She's doing it all. She's multi-talented. She's, she's winning awards, um, and uh, she's she's doing a film, TV, uh, Broadway. She's all over the place. But we're going to be uh, speaking this morning about her film that she acts in and directs, Queen of Glory. Good morning, Anna Mensa. Uh, good morning, Joy Keys. How are you? I'm good. Let me. Um, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Is it Mensa? You you are Mensa, just like good. the uh, the society. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you try out for Mensa? Like before? I, <laughs> I don't know. I probably should just get like grandfathered in because my name is the same as that, except for with exactly. an H. Exactly. So That's feel, what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know. I, okay. Well, we're putting it out here on the, on the show, so if anybody's listening and they have connections. You know, honorary degrees are being handed out every day, so I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why you can't give her one. You know, she's, she's exactly. definitely smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So I love the film. I love the film. There's a really sweet, uh, really hilarious moments in there. So, um, you know, you talk about uh, in some of the information that I received, just this whole the African child story. The African child story is, you know, you're supposed to be a doctor, uh, you know, or a lawyer, and uh, you're not supposed to be an actress. So is, tell them about your story with your parents. Is that what happened with you? And uh, um, how how receptive were they when they found out that you were going to be an actress? <laughs> They're 100% not receptive. My mother is still praying that I'm going to go to law school at some point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no. So I think I had a very a very uh typical experience as far as that goes. Um but what is delightful is about is growing up and you know getting older and finding your tribe and finding other people who also have parents who immigrated from other countries for economic reasons or otherwise and and then they um you know, gave their kids every possible opportunity they could afford, and then the kid turns around and says they want to go into the arts, and the parents consequently have a heart attack. But I think, um, you know, it's been really uh, a wonderful journey, honestly, because I think they have seen
seen how um, happy I am in my life and how contented I am with what I've achieved, what I want to achieve, you know, I'm still hoping to achieve. And, um, and, and so I think event, we're, we're coming to a bit of a detente. I think they're finally starting to realize that, like, okay, we, this is not the life we would have chosen for her, but we are very happy that she is happy. Yeah, and I want to let the audience know that you might have seen her on Madam Secretary, Evil, Little America, New Amsterdam, 13 Reasons Why. Um, she co-wrote and co-starred in season two of Netflix's Bonding. Um, she was in season two, uh, a staff writer for uh, season two of Random Acts of Flyness at HBO. Um, she uh, worked with Sandra Oh and Bob Balaban uh, in uh, the series The Chair, which I love that show. Um, and uh, <laughs> just, just a little shout out there. Um, and, <laughs> so, so she's done a lot. So her parents should be very proud of her. And then, you know, you uh, won uh, some awards um, with this film. What was that like? How long did this take to do this uh, film? Oh, it to took, create I mean, truly a really, like a biblical length of time. It just was like so funny. I think the very first meeting that I had of like, hey, like the very first conversation that I had, like, hey, I'm looking for a producer. Like, I'd like to make this film. I think I have this idea for this story. Those pre- preliminary conversations were in like 2012. So here we wow. are 10 years later. Yeah, those very early conversations. And we finished shooting November of 2019. And then obviously while we were in post-production, the pandemic hit. And then um, we moved our editing online. Um, and then we, uh, so we moved our editing online and then we submitted to festivals and then we got in. Um, to Tribeca, I learned that we got into Tribeca in like December of 2020. So, you know, for people who don't know, you said you went in looking for a producer. What do producers do? Because they got executive producer, they got associate producer, and then they got a producer. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the way that I think about I'll speak in like very crude terms. Oftentimes, the EP doesn't really do anything. An executive producer rarely, like oftentimes, don't get me wrong, there are some very hands-on executive producers. But sometimes, for a lot of times, they've just given a lot of money, or sometimes they've given no money, but they'll give some expertise, like so when you get your final cut, you know, when you want to show it to them. So sometimes that's why it's advantageous to have a a fancy executive producer, you know, a a recognizable name, Mm -hmm. so that like, you know, so, so sometimes you'll see like so-and-so presents, you know, and, and it's not like they, they didn't actually have anything to do with the conception of the film or the idea or anything, but, but they've come on their exactly with their name. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's oftentimes what an executive producer does. An associate producer sometimes is somebody who is oftentimes earlier on in their career and has made like an integral contribution to the film. And so the producers of the film have kind of, uh, you know, decided that this person has pulled their weight in a way. So we had some folks like that, right, who were who were coming on board to kind of like assist. And mm-hmm. they ended up being really, really, um, you know, great 
for the film and for helping us move it forward. So as a like compensation, because we didn't have a lot of cash, we were like, can we give you the title of associate producer and also give you some points on the back end or something like that, you know? Okay. And, okay. Um, and, and, and so sometimes, so associate producers oftentimes are earlier in their career and have made themselves, um, you know, um, uh, made themselves, you know, integral, I keep using that word, but truly integral to the process of, of getting the film made. Producers are really the, 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 the lifeblood, the kind of like meat and potatoes of the filmmaking process. They okay. do everything from like hiring, um, they can be creative producers, so they, take, they have input on like the script or scripts if it's television, you know, they have input on casting, they'll have input on, you know, maybe hiring a director if the film does not come to them with a director attachment already. Um, they Then they also hire the line producer, the person who's in charge, in charge of budget and in, tar- in charge of locations. Like the, the producer is the kind of person who is in it, blood, sweat, and tears, kind of like mm. every day to kind of see, you, like, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the real, like, kind of, like lifeblood of the project is, is how did the you producer. balance though how did you balance being the director and the actress did anybody check you because somebody's been like mm, nah, nah, i don't know about that that's not true. right i'm the director those, though <laughs> those 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 were my producers i mean okay. like that was that was how i made it happen i mean i think uh, especially our lead producer jamin washington he was so um he was so critical in terms of being not critical, like as in critiquing me, but rather critical as in like, you know, couldn't have done it without him um, in terms of, uh, you know, cause again, I can't direct myself. Like I can only do the, do the part that I've written and then go back and check the playback and be like, Oh, I think that was right. or I don't think that was right. So oftentimes he would be on the monitor for me. So I would be in the scene and then okay. after we would do a take, he would be like, I think we got it. Come take a look. Or actually, this thing that went, this thing went wrong, and I know you're not going to like what you, what just happened. So why don't we just go again right away? So he kind of helped me in that way, kind of you know. And then every night before we shot the next day, we would talk about what was happening the next day, what I wanted to achieve, how I wanted to achieve it. And then of course he's keeping everything in mind, not only my creative desires, but then on top of that, like what our constraints are financially and other resources yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know, so something, something as simple as we shot on location and my family's Christian bookstore in the Bronx and next door is a Mexican restaurant where they do very big business on Sundays. And so, um, that means that they have music blaring from about 11 a.m. <laughs> until like, and so like it was, it was Jamin's job to kind of go next door and speak to the restaurant owner and like be like, hey, dude, we're trying to shoot a movie next door. Is there any way you could turn the music off for like, you know, the next hour and a half while we try and get this shot? You Can know, you like that, that was yeah. the kind of, yeah, that, like producers do it all. I mean, <laughs> they really do it all. So, um, yeah. Well, tell the audience just a little bit more about this character, uh, Sarah. Uh, she's the main character in the film. Sure. So the main character, her name is Sarah Obang. She is the um, daughter and only child of, um, of Ghanaian immigrants. And um, she is doing the things that you would think um, – you know, on paper are the things that parents want you to do. She's incredibly bright and is uh, uh, getting her PhD at Columbia in molecular neuro-oncology. And um, 
Wait, that say that said, like three times. <laughs> molecular <laughs> neuro-oncology. Molecular neuro-oncology. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and so because of her situation, um, you know, but even though on paper she is doing, you know, all the quote-unquote right things, her, her, her life is, you know, she has gone astray. Um and various in various degrees, um, she is not very put together. Her apartment is a mess. She is, Ooh, girl, you know, her, her is a mess. <laughs> was that too? Was that too real for you, Joy? Was that too? No, real? That was. I was like, ooh, okay. And then, and then she got she got the messy man. She got the messy yep, man. Yep, she got a messy man. She mm-hmm. got a messy house, a messy man. You know, messy eating habits. I mean, your girl is messy. And so she. But and she's so a scientist. Then, okay, but she is it. also a yes. Yes, she is a scientist. She is a scientist. She is incredibly bright, but she is just not on her path. And then her mother dies very suddenly of an aneurysm, and she um, is left to, she is the sole inheritor of her mother's Christian bookstore in the Bronx. So she goes from living her life in Manhattan to going back up to the Bronx, like a neighborhood that she kind of turned her back on, and now is, um, you know, kind of forced to contend with this new inheritance and what it means for her and what it means for her life. So those are the um, that's that's the setup, and she, you know, and so um, and I, I love I love that somebody I can't remember who, but it was like coming up with copy for the film said that like made uh, you know. Featuring a cast of only in New York types, which I agree with. You know, it's like there's the there's the Russian family next door. There's yes, her, I was going to mention that the Russian family next door. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, they're running around with their head chopped off. Then they couldn't find the keys. She's about to have a goddamn baby. <laughs> um, it it yeah. was hilarious. They were and then they come into the funeral. Oh my yeah. god! And they're all in yeah. black. And that was actually kind of like. They're all in black, and everybody is black at the funeral, <laughs> and they just stand yeah. out so so much. There's so many cute, funny uh, parts. Wait, when your dad, who comes back home, and is making out with the chick on the sofa, right. <laughs> I was like, no, this nigga didn't just be up in here. <laughs> this nigga up in here. You at know, the mother's house, she ain't even cold in the in the ground like like I what? Mean, <laughs> listen, I mean, lucky lucky for me, this story is not autobiographical in any way, shape, or you form. Know my parents are that, right. <laughs> yeah, my parents are my parents are happily married. Um, you know, my mother's still very much alive and well, thank God. But like, I think that there's um, I think that I probably you know maybe borrowed from some other people's stories in my life and Mm. um and I think one of the things that you know that has come up a lot is like kind of the toxic masculinity of the African male has kind of like come up a lot in you know just between my cousins my other African friends like you know a lot of us have really great dads but a lot of us also have some dads that just are so oh, handicapped by, you know, the idea of what it is to be a man and how, you know, it's almost like cutting off their nose to spite their face, you know, mm-hmm. of like the relationships that they can't engage fully in because there's this wall up about like what it is to be a man and how that means that they need to behave, this prescriptive behavior that really alienates the people in your life, you know, yeah, but including it's supported your children. By this, by this your, your culture, 
that it's okay and that their fellow men are like, yeah, it's okay, don't worry about it? Um, is, is that what's happening? Or is it individuals doing their own thing? How do, is it a combination? I mean, I- I think maybe it's a combination. I think also, like, you know, it's reinforced by, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know how much time we have, Joy, to be honest. (laughs) Right? Because it's like, because it's like there's so much psychology behind it. And it's also like what it is to be a black man in this world, you know, that, like, that that globally that is, you mean you know, yeah globally mm-hmm. yes exactly right. and so like right. if you are used to you come from a black country where there is no such thing as black right like it's just like right. cause everybody looks like you and then you leave and you enter you know like a more or less a, like a white society yeah. that sees mm-hmm. you as something that you never saw yourself as and right. then all of a sudden There's you know and then but for you decades you're black yeah and then for decades, you make a life in this country that sees you as other. Like, what does that do to your psychology? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, and so sometimes mm-hmm. I think some of the ills are, you know, part of that, of like, you know, of, of, of just like, but then also I look at some of my family members or some of my friends' family members who have not lived in the West for a long time, and they also, you know, can behave badly. So I don't know if it's just a man thing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We don't know. But now let's talk about the women. So in this film, you know, they talk about her as a woman, her weight, her shape, um, you know, her becoming a mom. Um, You know, as an actress, you know, um, sometimes people that challenge, like, to have babies or not to have babies um, because that's going to slow my career down or who's going to watch my kids while I'm going for auditions. Um, I need to travel. What are these things going through your head? How are you, how are you handling those issues of, you know, weight and hair um, and children, family? Yeah, I mean, I think I um, – well, I had my son last year, so I, I made that choice. Yes. Um, so uh, – and I do think that, you know um, – I do think that luckily we are at a moment, I mean, obviously, like, our industry has a long way to go, but we're also the best that we've ever been in terms of inclusivity. So I try Mm. to remain hopeful in that regard, that we are just like, you know, kind of like MLK, like, arc of justice bend or the sorry the arc of history bending toward justice type thing mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i think that like i i do think that we are moving in the right direction albeit slowly so you know it's not so much of a thing to see a dark-skinned woman with natural hair on television right now or to see you know um or to see a curvy woman be like the um the romantic lead in something or rather than yes. just kind of like sideline to the best friend character i think we're experiencing more and more diversity of all kinds so I, you know, I just choose to be hopeful, like, while also, you know, fighting for things. And I'm sure that there are ceilings that I have hit that I didn't even know I was hitting, you know, like roles that I didn't get because I was ruled out because of, you know, the darkness of my skin or my curves or my hair or whatever, um, whatever shortcomings or short-sightedness in, in, on the side of producers or, 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 uh, or casting directors or whatnot. Yeah, so I think... Um, but, you know, unfortunately, it's not my I, – I, I choose to see it, I think, just energetically. I find it easier to be hopeful than to, like, get down in, in my – get down about things that I cannot control. I no did control the thing it. that I could 
yeah, I did the thing that I could tr- control. I made a movie and I put myself in the lead. You know what I mean? Like that is the thing that I can control. And so I and I was inspired by you know Issa Rae and um, you know Lena Dunham and Lena Waithe and like you know like these uh, women and people who have like centered themselves. Um, you know, one is a dark skinned black woman, one is a you know a plus Instead size white waiting. woman, and one is. Right, and one is a gay black woman, and like, and 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 none of them just none of them waited, none of them waited, and so I find I was really inspired by their trajectories, and and so instead of kind of being like Hollywood won't let me in, won't let me in, like waiting for these some some gatekeeper to kind of like open the door for me, like I'm just gonna you know bust through it and open it for myself, or go over there and build my own door, you know. One of the things that you talk about in the film are uh, felons trying to get jobs. That is a really big issue now. Um, a lot of people are paying more attention and realizing that when felons come out, even though they've served their time, um, they're still discriminated against and they cannot get back on their feet and then they, um, you know, go back to jail because how else are they supposed to take care of themselves or if they have a family, take care of their family if they can't get a legitimate, if you want to say, job. So in this mm-hmm. film, you bring that issue up. Your mom gives um, a felon a second chance. Um, mm-hmm. I love his character. Oh my God! Um, and and the face that, yeah. that that your character makes when he when he when you walk into the store, you're like, who, who you? Who? who? Right. <laughs> I love. Uh, uh, can I help? Like what? Where? Am I, what? <laughs> it's very shocking. Yeah. Well, I just you know I think there are a lot of things that we deal with in this film kind of obliquely, like we don't center we're not I'm not like going directly saying like I am talking about how hard it is for felons to get jobs right like I'm not no, saying that no, directly oh no no I'm not saying that's what you're saying I'm just saying that that was on purpose like you know when people think when I when I say it's a dark comedy about a Christian bookstore in the Bronx like some people who are, you know, people of faith get a little nervous that, like, I'm going to be making fun of Christians or getting, like, wow. you know, and it's like, no, no, no. Like, it's like, it's like I'm not taking on – I've made a strong decision to not, like, exert my own opinion or my own politics over any mm-hmm. of the things that we're really talking about. Like, right. it just so happens that the thing that she inherited is a Christian bookstore in the Bronx. It could have been – a gas station. It could have been, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like like a kitchen supply store. It, right. it, I, I I chose to, like specifically not to get involved in the politics of religion. That that didn't interest me. I just thought, what isn't it interesting if somebody who is strongly steeped in the world of science is suddenly thrown into a world of faith? Yes. And that's not. And and so like anyway. So as it relates to Pitt. And his being, you know, his having served time. And then, you know, I wrote that character for Miko, Miko Gattuso, the name of the actor who plays him. Um, and Miko, you know, does have a very colorful past. And, um, and, and, and he looks the way he does. You know, he has tattoos all over his face and body. Um, Miko also knows every single lyric to the Grease soundtrack, you know, like he can <laughs> so like, so like looking the way he does. And so like, I, I was deeply inspired by him as a person, which led me to write Pitt as the character and okay. just see like, you know, how it was that I could, um, you know, like how, how, how it was that I could like give him the type of, cause obviously Miko as an actor obviously always gets asked to play 
convicts, ex-convicts, yeah. drug dealers. It's you know he he was very famous, famously a drug dealer on Euphoria, and mm-hmm. like and so I think that that um you know is 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 obvious casting, but like what else can he do? And so I was really inspired by who he is as a person to craft that narrative for him in this film. Yeah, I don't want to tell on the other part of him, but it, it is really cool the 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 the, the, the background of the character. So you got to watch the film Queen of Glory. Um, and the, the guy who plays your dad, uh, Oberon, he's a really well-known actor uh, as well. How did you connect with him and, and some of the other actors how, and actresses? Yeah, I know almost, almost we had a casting consultant, but for the most part, um, you know, we hired our friends and, free, and previous collaborators. So, like, Oberon, I knew him from, you know, the New York theater world. Um, he has the same surname as my grandmother. So, like, I knew for sure he was Ghanaian, like, what part yeah. of him. And so, and, so, um, and so, you know, that's how I met Oberon. And then there was, um, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of folks just casting your friends, casting friends of friends, casting people. I didn't know Heza, the character who plays Hezekiah. Um, Russell G. Jones, I knew him. I had admired his work from afar but had never met him personally, so I just cold emailed him and said I'm, you know, got his email address from like a friend of a friend and said I'm doing this movie and I would love for you to take part if you'd be interested. And he was, and he was flattered that I offered him the movie. So, like, you know, you'd be surprised at who, like, you know, if you just kind of keep tabs on the people whose work make an impression on you, you know, to just kind of – yeah, yeah, just to reach no, out. I, People I, I are more receptive like, than you might think. Yeah, exactly. Also, I think it shows, like, you're on the right path. Like, once you got that idea, you started going to the producers, you, you know, you weren't sure, but then now things started – people started saying yes. I think it's an important thing for people to realize, like, give it a chance to see if this is going to happen or not for you, whatever it is. So she, you know, mm-hmm. you, Nana, making a movie, somebody else maybe wants to build a, you know, a, a – a machine that goes to Saturn or Mars. I don't know. But don't not go down. <laughs> same thing. No, but same don't thing, not really. go down. Yeah, same thing, really, you know. But don't <laughs> not go down the path. You know what I'm saying? Like, try to yeah. go down that path and then just see what happens. But don't never not go down the path. I think like, then you have regrets. Are there any regrets right. that you have, um, Nana, about your life at this point or things that you want to go back and maybe you wish you could change? Do I have, I guess you're asking if I have, like, any regrets? Yes. Mm-hmm. No. No. Okay. So, so that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I did, that's you good. know, I don't. I don't. I mean, like, maybe, like, little things, like, you know, like, oh, I wish I hadn't. Uh, gosh, I mean, like one gaffe that I made one time was I saw a very prominent ca- casting director in the street, and I was like, and I said, like, very confidently, like, hey, let's just, I'll, I won't use his real name, but I was like, hey, James, like, James, James, hi, like, because I, like, wanted him to see me and think of me for parts or whatever, and then, like, he was like, he was like, you mean Jesse, and I was like, oh, my God, and I so- <laughs> Like I said, he's there. so like when I think of moments like that, do I want to shrivel up and like crawl under the bed? Yes, yes. but like is that a regret? <laughs> is that like a lifetime regret? 
I don't know, maybe I'm thinking about it right now. So maybe, maybe it no, is, but no. like, but like, you know, I mean, in terms of everything that I've done to kind of get to this point, like there's sometimes that I'm like, wow, like would it have been better if I had gone out to LA like right after college and like tried to get work that way? Would, would a different path have awaited me if, mm-hmm. you know, where maybe I would have seen success more quickly and I wouldn't have had to have like, you know, bootstrap my own success by making right. my own film and do all that stuff. And then I'm just like, well, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm so content and so happy where I am in my life right now. So I have to have gratitude to everything that happened on the road to get me there, right? Because like, I have mm-hmm. friends who are, like, in their early 20s who are experiencing, um, you know, immense success right now. And it's like, I don't know if it would have been the best thing for me to have, like, the success I'm having now you know, 10 years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I just don't know if that's like the best, if that would have been the best thing for me. And so I just, yeah, I'm just, I'm okay with the way things are turning out, you know? So if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, I would, hmm, I would do some sort of like, I guess it'd maybe be some sort of hypnosis where like I could switch my brain off like I don't know if you're watching Severance on Apple TV Plus, but like that, like where they have they separated your work life from your home life, so you literally don't remember anything that happens at work, and you don't remember anything oh, that yes, happens at home when you're at work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I wish I could do that, but for exercise. <laughs> like I could just like so like if I, I like it's like the last thing I would remember is like getting on the Peloton, and then all of a sudden my brain would switch back on. It'd be 45 minutes. I'd be covered in sweat, and the workout would be done. Like I don't remember <laughs> having done. That's a good one. All right. Okay. Last question. Peanut butter or jelly or turkey and cheese? Oh. Oh, gosh. Can I just say peanut butter, no jelly? Peanut butter, no jelly? Okay. Creamy or crunchy? Crunchy. Ah. And what about the bread? Is it a white bread or is it whole wheat? What's the bread? Um, It's a very delicious bread that I get from the bakery around the corner from my house. So bougie bread, bougie, so bougie, bougie bread. bread. All right, bougie bread. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you so much, Anna, for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. And um, where can people see the film? Sure. We open on July 15th at BAM. Uh, the 7 p.m. show, Lupita and Yongo is doing our Q&A afterwards, so definitely come check that out. Um, and we will be running that week at BAM before we open in other cities across the country. So we need a strong showing July 15th. So come check us out in Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. Come check her out. All right. Well, I wish you luck, and um, I will talk to you soon when you make your next film. All right. Sounds great, Joy. Thank All right. you. Talk to you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with uh, actress, director, writer, Anana Mensa. Um, we were just talking about her film, Queen of Glory. It's opening um, at the Brooklyn Academy, uh, Brooklyn, in Brooklyn in July. And um, so you want to check that out, give them a strong showing. Um, and she is really, really talented. The cast is amazing in this film. It's hilarious. They got the, the, the funny friends. They got the funny aunt, the, the, the crazy dad, the, 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 the store. It, it's so many things in here. Anybody from New York would really appreciate this. Anybody from the Bronx is going to really appreciate this because you'll see um, some of your neighborhood um, and some people that look like people from your neighborhood 
uh, in this film. Um, thank you guys so much. Check me out on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. And also email me, I'm Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. You can also make donations at PayPal, Saturdays with Joy Keys at pay, on PayPal. And if you miss a show, check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Also, I want to let you guys know you can call in to listen, 516-387-1745, and ask a question. Um, you, you don't just have to listen or afterwards or uh, on the Internet, but call in and you have an opportunity to ask a question of the guest. The, the phone number is always the same. Again, 516-387-1745. You guys have a great weekend. I hope you guys have great peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or turkey and cheese, depending on you know, what your interests are. <laughs> Bye-bye. Stigma may not directly affect you, but it harms the one in five Americans living with mental health conditions. Which prevents millions of people from seeking help. So do yourself and everyone a favor. Go to curestigma.org and get tested for stigma. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.